here. I just want him to come and just greet you and uh, say hello from Mississippi. Amen. Isn't it good to be in the house of God tonight? You know what? I like it when the Holy Ghost has his way. God can do more in 15 or 20 minutes moving like he moved tonight than a preacher can do in 45 minutes of preaching. And uh, I've been doing this a long, long time. And uh, I don't have to feel like i got to get up here and preach. I just kind of felt before service tonight that this is the way the, church, the service would go. And I'm very happy with what the Lord has done, aren't you? How many of you are happy with what the Lord has done? I would, um, I would love to give you about five or ten minutes of what I was going to preach. Now, now let me t- hang on, let me tell you why, though. Not because I just want to give it to you. I want to give it to you so you can know how in target and flow it's been with what's been preached around here. And uh, so could you, could you stand five or ten minutes? Would that, would that be okay? Hallelujah. Well, you didn't have to stand. I was wondering if you... That's Mississippi language. Can you stand it, you know? Be seated, please. I want to I say very quickly, I want to say very quickly, um, thank you for the beautiful room. Thank you for the invitation to be here. Thank you for the wonderful basket that's in the room. Thank you for the meal last night. Um, everything has been first class. And uh, it speaks of tremendous leadership. And this is a great church with a great spirit and a great, great future. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You have a great, great future ahead of you. And uh, I've been pastoring in Mississippi for 16 years. But when I came this way... I, I felt like I was coming home. And um, the reason I did is because these are very familiar. Uh, this is a very familiar area to me. I was, I was born and raised in the Beaumont, Texas area. And um, my parents, or my dad, and his singing group for years sang all up in this area when I was a little boy, about nine years old. I wonder how many of you remember the end-time voices singing up this way. Anybody? Wave your hand if you remember them. That was my, that was my dad and his singing group. And uh, so I've been to Dangerfield, Pittsburgh, and, uh, Marshall, and all around that, this part of the country. Uh, we, we, uh, they sang up here way back when Brother Arden pastored in Marshall. Man, that's been many years ago. And uh, so uh, I was just coming home. So it feels good to be here. I feel very at home and I'm going to tell you I love brother Tim Williams and his family I feel a kindred kindred spirit in the Holy Ghost with them and and, um, it was a it was a great day for Dangerfield 
the day God sent you this man and his wife to lead this church. It was a good day. It was a good day for this town. And it is time for this church to make an impact on this city like you have never made in times past. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Brother Williams, for doing a tremendous job uh, last night. And uh, then Brother Jackson uh, just did an outstanding job today. And uh, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to brush, just barely, barely touch what I was going to bring to you just for the sake of continuity and you knowing how God, how much God's been involved in what's been going on because he gave me what I was going to preach two weeks ago. And um, so that, that's how in target and how in flow uh, that it is. I was going to read... And please don't stand, just, uh, there's no sense in that. You've been standing all night. Uh, I know you honor the word, and that would be good. But I was going to read from Genesis 1 and 26. Genesis 1 and 26, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and everything, every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And God said, let us make man in our image. And uh, so I'm just going to, I'm just going to just touch a few things. Is that okay? Won't you lift your hands and ask the Lord to, to, to take this little capsule and put it in your spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Now, now God, God was in heaven alone he was in heaven by himself and there's some that may say no he 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 had a heaven full of angels and that is true he did have a heaven full of angels but the reason he was alone is because is the same reason why you've probably been in a crowded room before and felt lonely He was alone because there was no one else in heaven like him. Mankind is the only thing made in the image of God and after the likeness of God. I don't know how to explain to you tonight what kind of relationship God had with the angels. But it was nothing like the relationship that man has with God. The angels were carrying out orders. They were carrying out the orders of God. Uh, They praise God because they're ordered to praise God. Now, somebody said one time that they didn't have a choice. That's not true because Lucifer made a choice to no longer worship God. So they do have a choice, but yet they are following orders. Do angels love God? I have no idea. I can't answer that question, but in my estimation, I don't believe they do. I don't believe they have the capacity to love God. Uh, The reason why is because love is an emotion. And everything we find throughout our Bible concerning angels is void of emotion. They're just strictly carrying out a project. Uh, 
The things that the angels say around the throne of God, it seems, are programmed in, into them to say. Almost like you program a computer. Holy, holy, holy art the Lord our God all, Almighty, the earth is full of your glory. Isaiah 6 and chapter 2 explains this to us. And so they're going through the motions. And somehow, somehow what they were doing, uh, God was just missing something in it. If I was going to preach the message tonight, I would, have pre- I would have titled it Perfect Yet Incomplete. Perfect yet. Is it possible for something to be perfect and yet be incomplete? I believe that it is. I believe it's possible to be perfect but incomplete in your perfection. And so uh, God is, is, is not being completed He's not being completed by what's taking place with the angels. And so God says, let me make someone like me. And I would drag this out tonight for the purpose of sermonizing, but since I'm just rushing to it, let me tell you that what God wanted more than anything on the face of the earth, uh, 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 more than anything in the universe, was relationship. And let me tell you that the whole purpose for this earth and you being in this earth is strictly relationship. Now, uh, I, I, I would have made a huge difference in preaching tonight had I preached this message. I would have made a huge difference between praise and worship because I do not think praise and worship are even closely resemble. They're two drastically different things. The angels praise God. The angels have no ability to worship God. In fact, you are the only person, the only thing, that has the ability to worship God. And the reason why is worship requires relationship. That's why the Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. But then he turns around and says, true worshipers will worship. And how are they going to do it in spirit and in truth? It requires a relationship to worship. Now, so God's in heaven alone. God has been lonely for infinity. So lonely that the loneliness drives him to get down on his knees in the dust and the dirt of earth and form out of the dust and dirt something that looks like him and thinks like him and operates like him and loves like him and can suffer loss like him but also can make choices like him. And in order for it to be praise and not relationship, he had to form this man on the same earth that he had kicked Lucifer and the angels to. If he would have put them on any other earth where Lucifer and his minions were not there, they would have been prisoners and not lovers. Because a love affair requires a choice. 
A good illustration of this is a man I believe in the state of Ohio just a few years ago that it was discovered that he had three women chained prisoners in that house. He had had a marriage relationship with them. He had had children with them. It is sick. But the only difference between his relationship with his wives and my relationship with mine is theirs were a pris- his were a prisoner and mine's not. And any time you're not given choice, you're a prisoner. And God said the only thing that can make my relationship with work with my creation is they've got to have a choice. And so sometimes I think worship is not what we call worship. We call worship what we do around, a, on a, around a, an altar on a Sunday night. I don't believe that's worship. I believe that's praise that morphs or becomes worship because of another ingredient. Five people can be around an altar shouting and dancing and talking in tongues. Four of them can be praising and one of them can be worshiping. And the difference is not what they're doing right then. The difference is what the one did earlier in the day. And that's the fact they were sitting at a computer. Everything in them wanted to click on internet pornography. But he stopped and he said, When I think about the Lord and how He saved me and, and how He... When I think about my relationship with Him, I am unwilling to do anything that would mess up that relationship. And that choice, that choice is a relationship that turns a praiser into a worshiper. Be seated. I'm, 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 uh, you know what? I got five minutes and it'll be up. My, my few minutes will be up. Now, Love, love is purified by choice. And if where there's no choice, there's no love. Somebody said, man, I could live for God if it wasn't for all this temptation. So could have Lucifer. <laughs> God allowed this earth to be filled with all kind of sin and opportunity for sin. And it was his purpose in doing so. Because all of those choices purifies the love affair. It separates the chaff from the wheat. It separates... Somebody said, man, I wish I could get rid of all that stuff in my city and if I I could shut down all the nightclubs and all the beer joints. No, no, no. God wants them there. Because it shows him the difference between those who love him and those that don't. Relationship demands choices. Any any man's wife can be true to him if they're on a deserted island and there's nobody else there. But when she finds out, when he finds out whether he loves her or not is when he brings her back into a city. You see, my wife and I got married and and I thought I loved her when I married her. But that's just because I didn't know what love was yet. 
and now almost 22 years into marriage, I know she loves me and I know I love her. And one of the main reasons why I know she loves me is because, and it's something we don't talk about, and if you're smart, you won't talk about it in your marriage either. But somewhere down the line, on a number of occasions, she's passed some man somewhere. And because she's a beautiful woman, and if you don't believe it, I'll show her. I wish I'd they put her picture up on the screens tonight. But she's a beautiful lady. And somewhere there's some guy, it don't, it don't take but just a second, gave her that right flash, that right look in the eye that says, I'd like to have you. And he might have had a lot more to offer her than I have. He might have been a lot more, a lot taller than me, had a lot more hair, and a lot richer. I mean, I think it'd be a stretch to say he was better looking, but it, I mean, you know. But I'm going to tell you, when she said, you know what? You may be better looking than him, and you may have a lot more to offer me than him. And there may be a lot of things, but you know what? We, we got a relationship going that I'm unwilling to destroy or mess up. I, that's the day she loved me. It was just infatuation or something else before that. But that, when she made that choice, it went to the next level. choice purified the relationship and what was convenience and infatuation and puppy love turned into deep love it was a lifelong relationship now now my god i gotta quit i promised y'all i would it's just i and i really am so so the the, the nutshell is this the nutshell is this so so Jesus said, or God said, well, it was Jesus. The, his name just hadn't been revealed yet. But God said, how do I get Adam to truly understand what kind of relationship I want? I know. The relationship I want him to have with me, I'll give him one to develop a relationship with. And so God looks down at Adam, and he says, Adam, I... And I'm, I'm, I'm circumventing a lot of things. The, the main thing I want you to understand is that when they walked in the cool of the evening and they enjoyed each other's relationship and friendship, God was getting way more out of it than Adam was. Because God had been lonely for relationship for infinity. Adam had just woke up. He didn't even know what relationship was. He, he hadn't even lived long enough to even miss anything. And I'm going to tell you something else. You think you get a lot out of church, but I promise you God's getting a way more out of it than you are. So he says, Adam, it's not good that you dwell alone. You're perfect because you're like me. But like me, you're incomplete in your perfection. God would have never created... God's perfect... But he was incomplete or he would have never created man. There was something God was missing in his perfection. And I've got to stop right here 
and tell you that there's something that you can give God that He can't get anywhere else. Everything else that God, everything else in God's economy, He can just create. If He wants a praiser, He just creates it. In fact, He, he, he told us this. He said, I need somebody to praise me. I'll just raise the rocks up. Everything else that God wants, He can just create. But there's one thing God can't create, and that's relationship. You hold, you either hold it back from God, or you give it to Him. And He looks down at Adam and He says, "Man, if I'm getting this much out of one." Double the pleasure, double the fun. Some of y'all old enough to remember that. What would two of them do for me? And then the thought hit God. Two? What if I had a hundred? What if I had ten thousand? What if the whole earth was full? of people walking and talking and loving me and having a relationship with me. And he says, Adam, it's not good that you dwell alone. Not only do I need the earth to be full of worshipers, but if you're going to give me the kind of relationship I want, then you need to have someone to show you how relationship feels. And you will in turn, as you understand relationship, have a better relationship with me. So God gets down on his knees again and he puts Adam asleep and he opens Adam's side and out of Adam's side he takes something and begins to form Eve around that. Now I got to speed up because I, t- I told you I wasn't going to take but a few minutes and I'm not. So Eve 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 was called woman. And I could go a long way and have a lot of fun with this tonight if I had time. I'm not going to. I'm just going to tell you that Eve was not a helpmate. She was a helpmeet. Read the word there. It's different. Because mate's an exact replica of the other. And I'll thank God and be indebted to Him for my whole life. That woman had some a number of things that was different than man. And so she was a meat. She was to, listen, she was to complete Adam. She was Adam's completion. Adam is now perfect and complete since Eve came along. And out, so he forms woman. Woman means womb man or man with reproductive abilities. And the number one purpose of the first Adam and the first Eve was this. Go multiply and fill the world up. Because Eve, as you love and have relationship with Adam, the natural result is going to be little Adams that walk like their daddy, talk like their daddy, love what their daddy loves, and hate what their daddy hates. And because Adam loves me. The little Adams will love me. And the prophecy will be fulfilled that the whole earth is full of his glory. Now, as you well know, they failed. And God spends 3,000 years trying to redeem them. And to end it all up, 
God finally says, you know what? If you're going to do something right, just do it yourself. And into the world comes the second Adam. And the second Adam shows the world how to have a relationship with God. He shows them how to pray. He shows them how to... In fact, the Bible says he lives 33 and a half years yet without sin. But somewhere, God in heaven, the Spirit of God, looks down at the second Adam and says the same thing of the second Adam that he said of the first. It's not good that you dwell alone. And so he puts the second Adam to sleep just like he did the first one. And he cuts his side open, and out of his side comes blood and water. And he begins to form the second Eve, which is the church sitting here tonight, around what comes out of the side of the second Adam, just like the first one. The reason why is in their relationship. My God, have mercy. So, if you're not born of the blood and the water, you're not in this bride. You're not a part of this kingdom. You've got to be born of the blood and the water. And so, out of what came out of the side of the second Adam, he forms the church of the living God, the second Eve. And the number one purpose of the church is to have such a deep relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. You can teach your Bible studies, you should. You can have an outreach program, you should. But if you really want to have growth, it's found in Eve just loving on Adam. Because if Eve will just fall in love and spend some time in a love affair with Adam, she will begin to place children in the arms of their daddy. Children that will walk like their daddy and talk like their daddy and act like their daddy. I'm going to my God. You can be seated. I don't have time to get into this, but the reason a lot of churches aren't having the right growth is because they're having bastard sons. Their children are the children of something, but it ain't the Father because they're not spending time in prayer and in relationship. They're producing people to fill the pews, but the reason there's hell on the pews is because the children are being produced in a hell environment. I don't have, I, I, my God, I don't have time to get in this. But I'm going to tell you, you, you can go out and knock doors and do all that. But if you don't have the proper relationship, your children are going to be the result of whatever you're loving on. And if it's ball games and television and Texas A&M. Then your children are going to be imposters sitting on the pews. And you're going to wind up with a carnal church that can't follow pastoral leadership. Growth ain't always growth. True growth is found in a closet of prayer somewhere in relationship. <laughs> you got to fall in love, love with him that you want to spend alone time with him. Because I'm telling you right now, I'm going to tell you, a couple can get married and they can always have friends over and they can always be going out to restaurants with their buddies and they can be running here and there. I'm going to tell you, if they never get alone, they're never going to have children. Somewhere everybody's got to go home. And you got to get behind closed doors and you got to say, you know what, take the whole world, but give me you. You're all that matters. I, I, 
And it's that love affair. I'm, I'm, if a woman will fall in love with her husband, she won't have to worry about having babies. I know sometimes there's, there's clinical problems, there's medical problems, but outside of that, Jesus hadn't got no medical problems. I'm going to tell you right now, if you have a relationship with Him, you're going to have children. He, God's not sterile. God, I'm going to tell you, you, you can get, I, I've known women that got so involved in the desire to have babies that it got plum clinical with them. They're reading all the books and trying to figure it out and trying to... Tell you what, put, put your books up and just have a love affair with your husband. Babies will be the natural result. You want this church to grow? It's just what these preachers have been preaching, and I'm done. It's just what these preachers have preached to you. And it's just what this message was going to flow into the same thing. The answer is in a deep relationship. You crawl under a pew somewhere and you begin to groan and moan. The Bible says when Zion travails, she's going to bring forth children, babies. The answer is in relationship. And the number one purpose of the second Eve is the same purpose of the first one. Fill the earth with worshipers that the prophecy might be fulfilled. The whole earth is full of His glory. How do you do it? Just love Adam. Just fall in love with Adam. Children will be the result. Let's stand together, lift your hands, reach out to the Lord.
Love him all over this house. Come on, let's love the Lord all over this place. Thank the Lord for. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't it beautiful? Seems like last night we heard about prayer. This morning was about weeping. Almost as if God was saying, I want you to really get this. I want you to really get this. This is what you need to do. You need to pray. You need to weep. That's what you need to do. But then tonight, Brother Copeland came and told us why we need to do this. Why? I'm thankful tonight. I want a relationship with him. Come on, church, lift your hands. Would you tell him, God, help us. Let it be the year that we fall in love with you more than we've ever been in love with you. I've got elders in this house tonight. And you know what they can tell you? They've been through hell and back. They fought people. They fought demons. They fought everything. And and you know what they're going to tell you? It's not because there was a great music program that got them through it. Not because great preaching got them through it. Not because any of that got them through it. I'll tell you what got them through. When they were going through it, they had a relationship with God. And God walked them through it. Come on tonight. Thank God for the message. Thank God for the messenger. So appreciate it. I wish he would have just kept on going. Amen. Hallelujah. Aren't we thankful tonight? What a great conference. Praise God.